Welcome to Being Community Radio. You know who I am, those of you who are listening. I'm excited to be here. Those of you who don't know who I am, I am your brother. I am the deeper part in you that's speaking to you and reminding you that you're not just alive, but you're creating this reality moment by moment, second by second, with your imagination, with the way you speak of yourself and of life. You are the dance of what you feel about yourself and what you imagine is possible for you. What you imagine is possible for you is what you imagine is possible for life and for reality. Imagination is Christ consciousness. Imagination is Krishna. Imagination is God herself. It really, 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 really is. And happy 2016. Happy New Year. The seasonal New Year starts in the spring. And the billing cycle New Year starts in 2016. And yet it's a very, very important opportunity because 2016 is beginning with winter. And as we take this quarter, this next quarter of winter, this last quarter and structure, and we pay attention to what is dormant within us, and even more importantly, what is about to spring next season, what is about to spring within you, and how to best prepare for the spring, and how to best lay the foundation that would allow for your imagination, for your wishes, for your desires, for your creation, to spring up, and to spring up clearly. And one of the best advice or suggestions or tool that I can start you off with at 2016 is this notion, this experience, this awareness of starting from scratch. Now take a moment and just imagine what if everything, your job, your relationship, your future job, your future relationship, your sex life, your relationship with your family, relationships, period, you would start from scratch. What does that mean? And it means letting go, taking out the weeds, letting go of your should have, could have, guilt, shame, what would have been, could have been, if you went to the right school, you took the right opportunities, whatever it may have been, it's all nonsense. You have the potential and the capacity and the ability right now to accept your life as is, to accept your life as a beautiful springboard and a foundation for your imagination, your creations, your relationships, and all the things that you have so badly been wanting for such a long time to really realize that if you do not start from scratch, and if you do not have a clean slate in some respects to your own imagination, you'd be bringing on all your doubts, all your fears, all your insecurities, and they consistently and constantly infiltrate your creation process. So if you want to have better sex, then you may as well go for the idea that you're starting from scratch. That you are going to go through puberty, through uh, your own education, just all the way again, with the right support, with the right space, with being gentle on yourself. If you take away the frustration if you take away all of the could have, would have, should have, if you take away all the years of feeling disappointed, you take away this entire history where you are frustrated, and you really start from here, at winter, at the stillness, this cold space where there is life, but more than life, there is potential, there is space. What happens during winter? You can see more. All the leaves are down. You can see more now. What happens when it's really, really cold? There is a space. There is a silence. You know, when it's really cold, you go outside, the air is crisp. So take the time and pay attention. What are you saying? What are you speaking? What are you seeing? Let's not rush into New Year's resolutions. Let's not rush into being and doing so much. And just take the winter. It takes the next two months, three months and really examine what is it that you wish that you are ready for, that you are allowing, what is it that's about to spring. And if you do not envision anything, if you're just going to let spring just come and knock on your door, 
then uh, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> It's for real. Like, you have three months, two months, however, whenever this is, whenever you're listening to, take the time and really cultivate the spaciousness to be aware of what it is that you want to be springing. And I'm not talking about your ego. I'm not talking about your, your I self. I'm talking about your collective we. What is life trying to evolve through you? What is life expressing through your imagination, through your increasing capacity of awareness, of compassion, of love, of, you know, really just being yourself fully? How much more honest can you be this year with yourself? So I suggest you wait for all the doing. You kind of wait with all of the, let's sign up for the gym part. And you take the time. You take the time to cultivate this feeling of starting from scratch. And we have Peter O'Connor in the studio. We have Anwar in the studio, who is, uh, I mean, I can introduce Anwar in many ways, but I'm so happy that he's really has joined the Talking Alternative team, and he's got a lot of his own surprises coming up, and it's exciting to actually have you here, Anwar, especially that we've known each other now for three years, and we've seen and we're consistently seeing each other grow, and this can really model example of growth and expansion and we can really really do amazing work together especially now that you're a father congratulations mm, thank you uh, again. yeah why why you know what what does what does the new year mean for you i mean you told me that you've never been more confused can you elaborate on that yeah so this whole theme and concept of starting from scratch if you can really think about when you're starting something new something brand new, there is a moment of confusion. And not more so confusion, the way I like to describe it is like, you can feel the, uh, like the abundance of possibilities. Mm. Like there's truly like unlimited potential in starting from scratch. Because you're going with an open mind essentially, you don't have the the old content you don't have the baggage of what you think it could be what it should be like you're almost forced to stay very very present and allow whatever to come to come and that can truly be anything it's the buddhist uh keeping the mind like an empty rice bowl you basically just described that concept yeah i mean it feels like that like earlier this week i was speaking with sam and I kind of just told him I don't want to use my head anymore. Hmm. Like, I don't want to use it. Like, it wasn't designed to formulate and create the future. It was designed to cognate and, and remember. But I'm starting from scratch, so there's nothing to remember. That's so awesome. it feels super duper empty. So confused, I think confused is like the bad. I don't want to use that word anymore because it has like a negative stigma. But I can feel the abundance of possibilities like i truly believe that anything can happen i love how you switched confused to abundance of possibilities that is the that is language that is abracadabra this is exactly you know what if it's just this concept of taking in in, in 30 seconds you made confusion into abundance of possibilities if you who is listening can really take a moment and just realize that you can You just embrace the duality of life and really notice that your doubts are really signposts for what it is that you really, 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 really want. Your insecurities are nothing short of the backside of your extreme confidence. You know, to really realize that confusion is a gift. Confusion is, Anwar just said, is abundance of possibilities. I love that. It's the perfect way to start. People are always looking for clarity. And clarity is overrated because most of the clarity that people are looking for all comes from commercials and TV and yeah. glamorous movies. That is not the clarity that people are looking for. And quietly, like, clarity isn't that much fun. Like, I've, for, I've, I see clarity to be like a movie that you know the ending to already. Like, you're not paying for that. You know, you kind of want to go watch a movie that you have no idea what's going to happen next. It's going to keep you at the edge of your seat. So essentially, like, you approach life like, like a movie. Right. Like, not knowing what's going to happen next. Like, that's what makes it enjoyable, you know? These two metaphors came to me that I've actually used in the past. And 
because people are looking for clarity people are looking for certainty and consistency but at the same time we really thrive on the unknown we thrive on the mystery it's who we are that's why we crawled out of the ocean because we wanted to explore something new and many times i would tell somebody okay well what if god came down and just gave you a document that would outline everything for the next 10 years everything and you have the choice in the matter everything everything to the t to the moment would you sign it or would you be open to the unknown exactly most people hopefully would not <laughs> sign it they would just be open and it's such a it's such an important thing to embrace and people say well i don't feel safe and i just want my bills paid those are all products of your imagination and the collective psyche and the collective consciousness that you're a part of so i feel comfortable saying it on the air and and saying it and you know record it forever because this podcast is also not for everyone and those of you who are looking to really just anchor in the truth that you are your imagination you are your belief systems please 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 this is let this be you know another reminder that pay attention to how you speak to pay attention to how you you know really cultivate your imagination which brings me to my second metaphor because if you really knew that cultivating your imagination and self-love is the key to your life you would do it right i mean i'll be honest coming to new year's eve we had a gathering and i just experienced six months of you know uh, uh, testings i had, had six months of tests where a, a, a large part of the people I've been working with kind of there was an option for people to shake off and a lot of the kids kind of went away and only the adults stayed and I remember not knowing I had this feeling of New Year's Eve and I was just wondering I wonder what it's going to be like because last year it was mostly the people who I'm not working with now anymore so it was like this real place and I literally did a a magical ritual where I focused on the people and it was one of the few times that I actually had a number in my head. And that was the exact number of people that showed up to New Year's Eve. Now, I do this all the time, but I want to come out of the closet. And I want to stop hiding this stuff. I do this all the time. I imagine things before they happen. And they actually do. And if I you know, would say that I do it literally just 2% of my time. And I would like to increase the intensity and the, capa- and, and, and the duration of doing it you know i'm, I'm kind of outing myself but it's really really true which takes me back to the second metaphor which is imagine you know that your friend told you know this was all legal of course and your friend works for the new york uh, for the lottery system and it knows you know which truck would have the winning ticket so you go out through this whole thing and you know that you got this big semi-tractor trailer and one of the tickets are in there or have the winning lottery. All you have to do is scratch the tickets. Now you have a few hundred thousand tickets. Your job is to scratch. Would you get lazy? Would you get tired? Would you just stop? You'd just be like, ah, ah forget it. If you knew for a fact that one of those tickets is your winning ticket, you would scratch. You may even get your fingers to bleed and then you realize, well, you need your fingers and you don't have to scratch so fast. But you would pace it, but you'd keep scratching. That's my invitation for you to really, <laughs> you know. Back to scratch. Hashtag scratch it. <laughs> you know, back to scratching. Scratch, like, back start to scratch. scratch. Like for real, but like, like do it. Do it. Like really knowing that cultivating your imagination. And that's why starting from scratch is so important. Because your imagination is free when you put the past behind you when you put your expectations and your hurt and your disappointment and your frustration behind you you have a chance once again to have an imagination that is what did you say abundance of possibilities we'll be back in the moon of the budding trees i was gifted new eyes to see all of the shift and shape and ways you can be wake the dreams into reality Wake the dreams into realities Sunset diamonds trickle down our cheeks The language of no words is how we speak Oh, I miss... Where'd she go, Sam? I like that song, too. Just a point of 
clarification in talking about clarity and we're talking about clarity being kind of overrated in a, of a certain stripe and uh, you know being a little confused as good the abundance possibility it just I just felt that maybe from a certain standpoint there's probably um, some folks I could certainly relate to it the idea of feeling confused and lacking clarity from the heart in an emotional way as something that doesn't feel good at all and just wanted to kind of bring up that we were talking about I think being in a pretty solid um, stable and peaceful place in the heart and then operating in imagination and, and mind in terms of clarity. And I, I guess you're right. We are taking it, I'm not taking for granted, but there is a, almost like a, yeah. it's a given, we hope, that you know, we can't help everyone. And I'm not saying we're trying to help everyone. We can support and speak to everyone. And they say things like, know your audience and know who you're speaking to. And we're definitely, definitely, definitely speaking to people who have, an ex- who have had enough or good experiences knowing that your home is your heart. Your home is where you feel like you belong. And there is a sense of self-love and compassion and empathy for yourself that really is the prerequisites to even be listening to this podcast. Because we want to honor confusion. We want to honor... not knowing when people when people come to to me and to us and we talk about I don't know what to do, my usual response is good. That's really good, and this is not being smug. Uh, if 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 you have a foundation in your heart, then you don't need to know too much. It's about being open to guidance. Yeah, and what just from a personal, just my personal experience, just from what I learned in the work was. I mean, you say it all the time, like, you know, we have different entry points to the different facets of us, you know? So you can approach your heart coming from a mind space where the majority of society kind of resides, you know? And even I, like, this whole, like, embracing confusion and being able to change that into an abundance of potential, it didn't happen overnight. It, it, you know, I, I... when you're afraid of confusion, it's, it's fear. It's fear-based. So how do you undo or how do you move more into love from fear? For me, it was like, it really was baby steps. Like, I did things that would settle my mind. So if I had doubts, I would play little games in which I would develop some, you know, more confidence to right. be okay in the confusion, you know? something And, it, and it, it's not linear. It's not directly affected to what... I'm confused about, but I'll say, hey, a morning walk. My morning walk ideally has nothing to do with anything. But the fact that I say I'm going to walk every morning, by doing so, you develop more confidence in yourself. And with that, you're able, in a weird way, in a magical way, you're able to be okay in the unknowing because you know there's a... It's a, it's a sense of responsibility. You're, you're responsible for yourself. Right. There's, there's, a, there's a real lot of blessing for confusion, especially in our society. And again, I'm, I'm speaking to those of us who really, really understand that there, we know that there's a greater purpose. We know that there's, bigger, there's a greater intelligence that's really flowing through us and just waiting for us. I mean, for me, 2015, the biggest lesson was to get out of my own way. And to not feed fires that are, you know, revolving around judgment and poisonous activity, poisonous thoughts, and to really just get out of the way and allow life to really do what it's been doing, and that's the most important part. So confusion is a gift. It really is a gift, and I, I want that for people. I really do. I want people to feel like if you feel lost and uh, you know, unsure of what you need to do. It's again, it's with the beginning of winter. Just really let that kind of take some time off. Take some time off. L- letting go of the need to know, right? Because that's an in, that's a, that's a fear. That's an insecurity. And embracing the unknown really is the next level up, right? From being totally confused. It's like okay, it's not up to me. My job is to relax. 
And ideally, it's if you want that experience to where you're you're driving the car, you know? Because some people don't want that experience currently, you know? They may mm-hmm. eventually get there, but they're okay being a passenger. So knowing their destination is very, very important, you know? So, because I, I, I don't, like, honestly, like, being on both sides of the fence, I definitely have a preference, but I definitely have reverence for both experiences of living. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a point in time where knowing that everything was okay, my bills were paid, like, you know, like, I'm not going to die. Like, even though that was an illusion, that felt very, very good, and I thrived in that, you know. I, 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 I experienced a certain level of success, success in that. But then it got boring, and then that's why you began to play with this other right. experience of life, you know. So, like, you know, just for the listeners, it's not a matter of, like, hey, you're not doing something correct or something is better than the other. No, no, no. Ideally, it's the same thing. It's just a different experience, and, like, the choice is yours. You're practicing surrendering. Yeah, that's which, right. which is... Which is so important. I, I'm so excited because uh, next month I'm going to go to Israel and my mom, to see my mom. And she's been doing this for so long. And really, really, when it comes down to it, we always kind of have a laugh on how the biggest lesson and the only lesson has been to surrender and trust. It really has been. And I spent years feeling confused and open to the abundance of possibilities and thinking that anything was possible, and only to find out that I'm ultimately becoming who I've always who, who I was always meant to be. And I wish I could say, "Oh, I don't know what that's what that is." I say it. I say I don't know what's becoming of me. But the truth is, I do. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really do. It didn't doesn't mean that I didn't have to have five years of just giving it all up. I mean, I spent the past five years literally just not worrying about any previous fantasy or dream or vision that I had and it's only when certain things just keep knocking back just keep coming back that's why I ask people all the time go take some space you, you're between jobs you're doing certain things go take some space for yourself but see what keeps knocking on your door see what 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 things keep pulling your heart not your mind but your heart what do you wish you could be doing if you had more courage it's something I ask all the time what do you wish you could be doing if you had the courage to do it? And people kind of go blank, but they know. We all have these voices, at least all the people that we're talking to. No, it's important to make the distinction. It, it, you cannot be everything for everyone. My, I know that the way this show is going to go from this format to a call-in show is it's really a, 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 it's, it's a game of consciousness. It's a game of vision. And it's really making sure that we're not trying to please everyone. You know, I had a, I have a very good friend who told me, you know, you're doing a lot of good work. But what he told me, what I suggest is to make sure that it works really, really well for four or five people. And it's going to work for 100 people. And if it works well for 100 people, it's going to go work for millions. And that is something that I'm accepting in my life. Like, just really really do this well and this podcast really truly can and it does serve people in the wake up process and we have so many things that we have questions about as we wake up and let's face it there's not many resources all of the you know religious teachings and and even the most spiritual teachers that exist right now they come from a time that that is different than now I have a very, very hard time taking people seriously. It doesn't matter how esteemed they are and what lineage they come from. I mean, I even get insulted when we quote the Bible and stuff. It's very cute that we do it and that some of these truths are lasting for generations. But they were written at at times that they had no idea what's, what's happening right now. So it really is this, again, invitation to start from scratch because in many ways... This whole thing is new. This experience of humanity connected with technology, with medicine, with science, what we have. Instead of fighting it, instead of putting it down, to really integrate all of it. And to say, you really don't have any teachers. I mean, you may, we have some people that can give you advice and can help you. But we are all, we are all starting from scratch. There is not a, there's not a single lineage that includes everything except the heart. 
You know, the heart is the one consistent human experience that hasn't changed. And as a matter of fact, the only way it is changing right now is by having more access to it. We do have more access. There is an awakening that's happening. And you know, there's more compassion, there's more empathy. You know how you know it? You look at the contrast. You look at the contradictions. You look at all the chaos that's out there and you realize that it's nothing but a reminder of our beauty. It's nothing but a reminder of our divinity. With every person that uh, that gets hurt by human interaction, it really is a reminder of our own ability to create, of our own ability to destroy. So take it easy on yourself. Just really, really start the year with being gentle on yourself, on your imagination, on your self-talk. Uh, really instead of focusing on resolutions just taking in the winter and focusing on the intention to be open the intention to experience an abundance of possibilities let this mercury and retrograde serve us instead of be this i don't know when did that begin silly silly scary concept right this week today today our lovely executive producer handed me a note about this (laughs) i just want to add one other thing about I think we have time. Living with flow and unknowing versus the need to know and control and smack the microphones down. <laughs> and I, as you were talking, it's so elucidating for me because with my baby steps over time, I've had so many experiences now of being in flow. And let's just use walking around the city, say from appointment to appointment or, or just walking. So many experiences with magic, synchronicity, truly not know where I'm going, feeling impelled, and then meeting magic, running into someone that was very purposeful, having a synchronicity, and feeling the, that, that hit. I've had enough experience with that over the years that the alternative, which I probably still pound for pound experience more of the time, the controlling, the in my head, the kind of driven thing, Because I know the other way, it's more and more untenable. It's more scratchy and dissatisfying Mm -hmm. to live that way because I know the other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can beat yourself up. You get tough on yourself being like, oh, I know better. (laughs) I know better. So, but I I suppose that's, I don't know if I, you sound like, it looks like you can relate. Oh, Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, but it's progress, right? Yeah. I actually like when I have those moments because it's a reminder, like how good it is, you know? That's nice. Yeah, that's sweet. And we don't know where to begin. Don't know how to fit in. Caught in between the lines. Fighting this world from inside. Can't go back. We're on a one-way track. It's been a million miles gone. Is it taking us to where we belong? We're back and we're going to take the following, the next couple of segments to uh, bring up some topics and questions that we have by text, email, and otherwise. And we have Peter O'Connor here to help out. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this anonymously. We have a friend in the community, and if he's feeling it or she's feeling it, then that means a lot of people are feeling it and wondering. So I'm just going to read it straight. Dispassion. Passion is highly regarded in our culture for many reasons, but dispassion is a virtue that is rarely, if ever, discussed. How does it relate to being? Dispassion, that is. How does dispassion relate to desire? How does it relate to effort? Does desire and passion go away when one is in a state of deeper being? What happens to it? That's a lot of territory. Let's start with dispassion not getting credit in our culture feels as though this individual would like us to bring up some of the merits of dispassion well uh, just to be honest i didn't even know dispassion was a word mm-hmm. until i read that mm-hmm. I, and when my spell checker didn't say anything and you'll uh, use it you'll use it three times this week now so dispassion uh, do you have any experience peter with dispassion or onwar with dispassion it's not my strength yeah, i'm still <laughs> a little unclear what is this passion di- you know it's di- it's the opposite of passionate you you don't have a strong a strong feeling. You're dispassionate, but that, but that feels like that feels like I guess it's a word in the dictionary. So I'm not going to fight it. No, no. But in the yeah. context of the person asking, yeah, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I don't care because I can just go with it. 
this passion, just speaking of this passion, really points to passion for me. I understand the idea of, I don't know what to do. I'm not passionate. I feel lethargic. Uh, I'm just it's not uh, it's not lethargic though uh, it's 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 kind of a clear-minded not emotionally attached to results type thing okay and he is and detached okay emotionally detached and and this gentleman so that's you're being still passionate about not doing anything well okay the force is still the same there's there's a there's there isn't a lot of energy put into passion has to do with energy there's not energy put into the situation or the results so take it and he's he is he is in his second chunk he's not he's not invoking buddhism but i'm seeing it written all over what he's saying how does this passion relate to being and desire and effort does desire and passion go away when one is in a state of deeper being this is something i've always struggled with you know what is it not being not having desires not having wants really you're ready for sushi so am i i I don't understand what do you mean if you struggle what have you struggled with the buddhist concept of uh releasing our desires and our passions and our and our wants for the sake of peace yeah i understand like a meditation practice that i participate in the whole goal is equanimity so it's no aversion, no strong aversions, and no passions. And Neither push nor pull. Push nor pull, just be. And I, I get that, but that's as a practice, not as, it is a, like not 24-7. Let's go to this. Oh, I let's, mean, yeah. let's go to this question. Does desire and passion, in quotes, go away when one is in a higher, when one is in a state of deeper being? Let's address that directly. You know what? We, I just, the only thing I want to say is that we humans, we're very silly. We're very, very silly. We're very funny. Because we, we, we somehow think there is somewhere to get to. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and, and that's the challenge that I'm having with a lot of these. I'm not saying this specific question. But it's pointing to some instructions, some directions. And the whole point of, of being alive and experiencing duality, but just breathing in and out, your heartbeat expanding and contracting every couple of seconds, is that there isn't like, it's important to be at a space where you are not attached and you're not, you, you, you have a dispassion, especially to worldly stuff and not clenching you're not grabbing i just think it's a but 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 it's a dance it's the void of the attachment of those sensations because i for me when i'm the when i'm in the most present and in the state of being i feel more than ever but maybe the attachment of those feelings may not exist so does passion still exist 100 percent? but i think your reaction is a bit different it's just not the same way like I know now that when I have great ideas, I don't talk about them as much as I did five years ago. So it's not the same. I'm literally just more aloof, and I'm just like, oh, that was a, that's an amazing idea. Now let's see what life is going to do. So mm-hmm. is it a dispassion there? Perhaps, like a Buddhist would be like, oh, you're doing very good. Mm-hmm. But I'm very, very excited about the possibilities. I'm just not attached to how it's going to happen. So... I think, I think I think it's an important distinction. Good. Let's connect this to another topic of ours. Please. One, being at peace with what we have and where we are. Being happy with what we have and where we are. So it's, you know, I have a three-year-old. I wish that I could just impart him with that. Mm. Yeah. And two potentially opposing and enlightening opposite-ish, being open to our divine powers to bring on what anything and everything else we might want. On some level, to me, step one involves some dispassion in a very healthy context. Let's let go of the need for things to be different than they are. Let's let go of the need to be better than we are or right. more than we think we are or have more. Have better relationships, better... At a specific time frame. All of it. Yeah. To come to a certain... Dispassionate. Dispassionate peace with the way it is. And and then be happy with it. Right? Right. Gratitude for things just as they are. I think it's a point in time where that serves. Because I remember one morning waking up 
very dissatisfied with life. Like, I'll be completely honest. Just one? Many, but the one that I could really remember to where I really, like, not depression, but, like, really dissatisfied. And only in that moment, I began to do things differently. Oh, man. And hence, tons of, I don't want to say blessings, but just things changed. Dissatisfied to me is so much better than depression because dissatisfied is filled with energy get you exactly. up and it wasn't moving depression yeah but it's you definitely know, it's was a it's point a great of like, distinction yeah like i was just dissatisfied yeah so let's work on this thing and it wasn't like i wasn't grateful for what i had but no i was like i mean i was i was just i was just being honest and I, I i didn't control that it's just how i felt in that moment and quietly i was in like a very very like specific point of being yeah like, i was like you know Sometimes very, between very here, present, sometimes yeah. between being here and being inspired, we got to get dissatisfied first. And so that's one, right? We discussed what one was: being happy with the way things are, and then two, being open to our divine powers to bring all the abundance we want. And we were talking about those in another show as potentially like opposing thoughts. But when you got when you were talking about it, it struck me that from what we know about law of attraction and spiritual magic and the rest in order to get in order to be able to effectively use our divine powers we have to be at peace with where we are right electromagnetically because that divine power comes through you and if you're grabbing and Uh worrying and holding in in fear into something then then your your power just doesn't come through you so being open to your power, even the word being open to your power. I mean, I know I get very like picky. Good. There's no such thing. Like I, I see it in a lot of an empowerment circles. People say, uh, "I want to step into my power." Just saying that bothers me. You cannot step into your power. You maybe you can move a move move aside at best, so your power can actually express itself through you. Mm. And. So it's it's less about being open to your powers and just stopping to think like it's not always always flowing through you. If you're depressed, then it's still you know immense power that's showing you what's going on. I felt, and again maybe I'm using this passion in the wrong way, but after I found this job that I'm, I have right now, and Peter, you have been a great help with this. I would come to you and I say, "Well, I don't know. I thought this was going to be like the dream job, but I felt very dispassionate about my work." And you were like, "Great! That means that you're not doing something right—not right, but you're not—you're not being you. You're not having fun with it. You're not—you're not letting your inherent dreams and goals and intentions to flow through you." So for me, again, it's a different use of dispassion, but. It was necessary for me. It was really, really necessary to bask in my dispassionate existence in order to say, what is life? Not my mind. What is my life passionate about? I, I, you know, that question, do you let go of passion and desire once you reach a state of enlightenment? Yeah. If When you sit there and you are in a place where you're allowing your power, your divinity, your life to flow through you, that is life's passion. There's, you can't help, but yeah, it, it may not be in the stimulated experience that people are used to. People are used to stimulation. They're used to the highs and the, and like the good news. But just allowing life to flow through you is nothing short but raw passion. Yeah, you can life feel is the passion. Current. Didn't Yogananda want, with all the work he put in, didn't the Buddha want to, you know, his uh, monks to learn? And didn't right. Jesus have a, a love to share and, and, and hope for elevation? So it's important to let go. Mm. And it's important to not... Like people always, the people do tell me that. Like, I just want to find that thing that I really, 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 really love. And you can feel the ache and you can feel the pain. And I can only say from my personal experience that I've said it. I used to say it a lot. Like, I just want to find that thing. It's bullshit. It's not real. When you take space, when you clear up the weeds, when you give your imagination some time to be, when you cultivate presence and spaciousness into your life, who you are, who you're meant to be, will come through. 
It just does. It always, always, always does. It may take a lot longer than you would expect. You may need to actually experience depression, confusion, dispassion. Uh, you may need to go to a monastery and just do nothing for a few years. I know a lot of people who do that. I know it doesn't really. You may need to have a baby. Uh, who knows what what, what it would <laughs> take in order to confuse the hell out of you, so you just let go. You know, we're familiar with this kind of work, and I, I used to say jokingly, when I go to a spiritual gathering, an event of sort, and people come to me and they try to teach me something, I, I say very f- lovingly, and I mean it, please, I paid good money to be confused. Please, I do not want to learn anything right now. Because as an Aries, as somebody who always tries to learn and thinks it knows everything, for me, it's been very, very helpful to just get used to not knowing and to allow life to teach me and mentor me by experiencing, by collecting and gathering experiments. It's relaxing, isn't it? One yeah. area to another. So we are, uh, speaking of this passion, we're going to take, an, uh, <laughs> <laughs> take an easy minute here. Take, take an easy minute <laughs> to really, first of all, I want to thank you, the, the, yeah. that human being who, it, it kind of confused me a little bit just reading it good. because it's I've good. never. good. That's what today's about. Never really saw that word, this passion. I didn't realize. But, and, and I see, I think it's an important dance for, for you specifically who wrote the question to really dance with it. But don't be seduced by this idea of this passion. Don't be seduced by this idea that once you reach a certain level of enlightenment, you're just not going to care as much, or you're not going to have as much desire. It's not. I don't think. Yeah, it's there's an element. There's an element of danger of a cop out in it. Is what I'm sensing. So tap me out and tap me into you. Heal my brain and my body too. Balance my chemistry, hydrate these cells Cause the body talks and meditation helps The body talks and meditation helps We're speaking of desire, desire, desire I actually do want to talk about it more And you know, kind of finish our show with that because I know for a fact, without a shadow of a doubt, that anything that I really, really wanted, if it was right for me, it always happened. But there are many, many things that are right for me, but I didn't spend enough time wanting it and allowing the passion and desire to cultivate because of fears and insecurities and doubts or whatever. It wouldn't happen. So I don't mind this show being very focused on... Mm-hmm. You know, igniting people's desires, igniting people's passions. And then we'll work on the ego, you know. But let's, speaking of our power and our divine power, it has so much to do with our desire, our ability to have desires, our ability to really be passionate about our own journey. Not for a specific goal, but just being fascinated with their own lives. And you're reminding me this applied use of the law of attraction. We all have listened to the same tapes, the same CDs, the you know, the meditations, the visualizations. And what I'm reminded of when you say that is the key step is 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 uh, heating up the fire of desire. That's the point of action is feeding the cauldron so that the desire is strong. That's the energy that connects um, the the intention to the eventual. Uh, manifestation right it turns imagination into into 3d An active, or whatever right. you call it right. and it really it really is infused with desire imagination and think about it think of this think of think of the uh third dimension fourth dimension think of the subtleties of the energies we're talking about here you're gonna have somebody like kind of laying back and saying yeah you know i guess i wouldn't mind you know attracting a mercedes like no, that's not gonna cut it, Skip. <laughs> you gotta want this shit, brother. <laughs> like, not that Mercedes is what anybody's after. But just no, we'll talk it was, about it. It was an easy mark. <laughs> See, you know what's most inspired? Mercedes Playboy. We got your number. Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> Porsche. <laughs> Victoria's <laughs> Secret, man. Catholic. Secret. Oh, it made me feel bad. Make the damn joke. I know it's messed up. I, I like the Lens End magazine. So <laughs> the who what? Lens End. Oh yeah, fully covered, baby. Yeah. Even the hair. <laughs> that's back 
<laughs> you you were saying something. You're very excited during the break. It's very hard to put you on the spot, but we're gonna do it. Yeah, no, it's all good. Like passion and dispassion. Like, if you understand that, like a passionate life is very very natural, and not making it something, mm. you wouldn't be able to have an opposing uh, concept of it. Mm. So ideally, if you are dispassionate and you allow whatever is natural to flow, I could almost bet you that some passion will flow through. How about it? You right. Know? And speaking so, of land's end, like, uh, w- w- you know, what leads to making life happen? Literally yeah. creating a life. Uh, you need a little passion in there, guys, huh? You need yeah. some passion, huh? And what you say earlier about dispassion and what was the, you said the A to B? Uh, so well being happy accepting the way things are just as they are and having gratitude for that not wanting or needing more being happy with where you're at and then too um stepping out of the way and letting your divine powers flow through to bring you more abundance and be more specific about what you want in the future and and grow on it and there are phases there are really phases i spent like i spent five years or a little less but i spent a bunch of years just making sure I do not make goals, making sure I do not have expectations, making sure that I would take my childhood dreams and goals and actually doubt them. And the stuff that, like, for example, so next week I'm going to do the public speaking deal. And for years I, I turned that idea off because I actually told myself, no, it's my ego. I just have some like Messiah complex thing going on. And it was important for me to just let all that stuff go. It's only when it kept knocking on the door and and that life is actually doing it for me. I mean, I literally just have to show up. That's when I'm not going to fight it. But I just want people to really be okay with having different phases in life. Let me ask you, do you are you open to, since this version, which I wrote down, it's a style of sitting back, visualizing, letting your imagination and seeing what comes, since it's worked in this particular uh, st- structure? Yeah. Um, are you open in the next chapter to being an iota more proactive in bringing on the next one? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm open to it. We'll talk about it. Well, it's interesting because so I was, you know, somebody booked me for a public speaking gig and then they insisted that I would have a follow-up event. So even the, of the stuff that you would think I would need to be proactive on is also happening. That one doesn't count. It's fine. I'm teasing. It's fine. (laughs) But the question is, it's all about the time. Like, you know, do I spend time preparing for the next, you know, it's... uh, I understand. There's going to be no marketing, no schmoozing, no nothing. To me, it's almost more about being more precise with your intention. I'm totally down. Good. I'm totally down. And I think think it is important because especially that I know that I cannot avoid my destiny. That's right. And And I think there's... You just can't. I think there's an element of, um, you know being humble enough to to tell the truth about what you want versus playing coy forever and and making it happen in a certain way i can relate to this we're in a similar path with this ego fear of needing this you know outside world attention in a certain way i get it right now we were we were we were we got trapped by the world's insecurities so we got trapped by it like putting our own dreams down thinking oh yeah that's not that's not true but if you close your eyes and you see, you know, a lot of people around you, then maybe it's not a fantasy or ego. Maybe it's your soul remembering something. And I'm talking to me and I'm talking to you, Peter. And take the courage and the support that it does take, you know, whether it's your own support with yourself or the people around you, just to really to acknowledge your dreams and to acknowledge the role that you have to play here because it's all about the role you know it's not about um, a title it's about a role like what role do you want to play in the human community right and I guess instead of saying do you want what role are you are you born to play in the human community you know it's funny I came back from Los Angeles today I was there for over half a month and I just spent a lot of a lot of time a lot of restorative time alone and I just Still, not in a judgy way, in a, in a kind of bemused, curious way. Like, how do these pe- how are these people so self promotional? The tweeting and the, the every opportunity to go on a crap show to show their face. Maybe they get a bigger thing and they climb the. La- I it just it's uh, it's it's confusing. So what'd you learn? 
that I can relax and that it can happen in a way that's comfortable and challenging at the same time. And, and I bet there, you know, I don't know who is doing it because I'm not in the entertainment industry, but there must be some new movements or you should start one about, you know, the entertainment industry 2.0. Applied spirituality and something together. Yeah. Just like the internet now is going through an entire new rebirth of... You know, it's it's not info marketing and it's not MLM anymore. It's just artists doing their well, thing and being supported by it. There's got to be a movement in Hollywood to because they, they flirt a, with they flirt with it, but I don't think it's as focused. The good news for me when I stopped remembering, Ar- Arnor said something a while back that reminded me of this. All the like marketing that actors are meant to do, the letter writing and the going to events and all all this, all the. I think the words like all the kind of fastidiousness that it takes to to build and run a business and keep it going. All those things you have to do. When I look back at, at the career I've had so far and the things that have really mattered, the opportunities and the jobs that have been special and meaningful to me, every single one of them did not come from some direct grabby thing that I did. Same here. It and, came and, from being me, doing my thing, and focusing on the work. So, starting 2016, for people to you know, are listening to this, that's an important, very, very important lesson for them, for you, to really examine in your own life. Like, how many things that actually did and do make a difference in your life came directly from your cold calling or your yeah, whatever those things are. Or, yeah, yeah, no. Or from even from a networking event, which luckily I wouldn't do. But yes, even the more normal things. No, the things. Not the big ones, not the ones that really mattered. They so usually came as a surprise. That's so right. It's back to starting from scratch, being open to the mystery, right. yeah, being the open to the unknown. Come from surprise. Because cold calling does work. You definitely will get oh, clients. No, you yeah. definitely will get gigs. And stuff and along the way. But, but as we're talking about yeah. it, I can feel the fear mentality based in in the we're putting cold calling in quotes. That's right. Versus continue the Woody Allen line, and the you know, which I never used to understand. Like showing that. up, continuing to show up. Yeah, I mean, so cool. I sometimes I feel and really grow s- and get better, you know. I feel silly saying that at times because, but it just became such a simple economics to realize that if you provide a service, and you know, there, there's about a scaling and expansion that comes later, but really, if if you're true to yourself and you're authentic and you show up, people will get value, and when people get value automatically other people will come to you it's just the way it works and if you continue to grow and you continue to change people will continue to come to you and then you can have a team around you and you can decide how you want to scale and expand and franchise and all that business but first to really get off this whole idea of you know building a bigger email list and doing more mailings and doing more things you will definitely get and make some money if you go for the numbers games but you will find yourself at a dead end spiritually physically emotionally you will so instead feel empty doing it it's an invitation once again to start from scratch and just really just focus on what it is that nourishes you while you provide value what it is that's fun for you what it is that you would do if you won the lottery already and really just take your time with it and again what is springing up in you is the most important question i'd like you to really explore what is about to spring in you? What weeds do you have to take out of your garden? And what more self-care ritual and practices can you add to your life so you can enjoy and have the reverence for who you are? 